0: B.J., he's the expert.
1: So so I started ninth grade with me and my friends. Uh, it started out ma- mainly baseball, you know. I mean, I would I still bet football, basketball, shot even bet UFC and boxing. Pretty much anything you can bet on, honestly. But and baseball so- was mainly the start, you know. It, it was mainly the start. From
0: the ninth grade betting games, sitting in the dugout waiting for your turn to bet, you now <laughs> have developed this Twitter following where people follow you because you give out winners. Hell, it's why I followed you in the first place. like yep. what's that about?
1: um i mean the the Twitter really was I would say it was just mainly a start to kind of just give out my picks and I mean, I never really thought it would turn into a big following. you know it was kind of it was kind of something where I was just posting it daily to be like hey, look like to my real to my friends in real life, you know, like, hey, look, this is what I bet today. If you guys want to bet it, look at my page, you know what I mean? Like, I even started doing it on my real Twitter and people people in like my high school are like, what the hell are you posting? Like, what is this? Like, people would DM me. So then that's when I made a new Twitter and I'm like, let's just see where it goes. You know, I never really expected to get a follow and I kind of just putting out pics that I played, you know what I mean? Stuff that I bet. I didn't really didn't really think much of it. And then Few months into it, like a bunch of my friends that uh, I knew from um, like Madden and like online sports games, they started betting. What you might know, that guy, his name's LT Picks on Twitter, and that's really what set it off. I mean, he started telling me like, keep posting it daily, keep a record. You never know where it could take you. You know, that's pretty so, much how it happened.
0: And so from that point on, from you posting Twitter on Twitter daily, you have an image like you have you have pop smoke on Twitter. You're kind yeah. of like this this mysterious figure. So <laughs> you decided let's start a podcast so that way you can kind of explain the logic behind why you pick what you pick and basically to make people better gamblers.
1: Yep, literally.
0: So with that being said, half an hour tip, Denver, the Denver Nuggets versus the Utah Jazz. Utah mm-hmm. getting ready on the, on the, on the brink of eliminating Denver from the playoffs. Yep. Utah a three-point favorite. What DJ, what's your take on this game?
1: I mean, shit, I'm still a believer that, that the Nuggets come back and win the series, honestly. I mean, I literally had one of my friends that lives in New Jersey just placed a $100 bet for $1.2K on the on Nuggets to come back. I mean, I, I look at it this way. If so, the Nuggets uh, – Tell so, me
0: how the Nuggets can possibly come back in a series in which Donovan Mitchell has been dominating, and th- what's the answer?
1: I mean, honestly, I think the answer is just they need to get Michael Porter Jr. off of him. They need to find a way to get him off of him because if you watch the games, it's – Gobert setting a screen getting the switch every time michael porter jr is getting onto donovan mitchell and donovan mitchell's is just icing on the whole game i mean honestly i think a big factor is i'm pretty sure gary harris is still questionable tonight but i would say if he doesn't play tonight and they win tonight he should be back game six and seven if it goes there and i think that's gonna be a key i mean the the nuggets that their defense isn't that good but if you asked anyone before this series what do you think about this series i'm pretty sure you ask 10 people, eight people are going to tell you the Nuggets win this series easily, you know?
0: Okay, so eight out of 10 people may have told me that, but if you look at the games in this series, mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell has been dominating.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. He, he has been. I mean, he has been dominant, but I look at it like this. you Game one, after game one, they won an OT. Everyone thought, okay, what, how is they going to come back from this? Donovan Mitchell put up, what, like 57, I want to say? Yeah. Something around there? Something crazy, you know, and every game since then, he's been putting up 30, 40. I think game three, he didn't have that much, but he was sitting half the game. I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be hard for them to stop Donovan Mitchell, but I think it's possible. And if you look at the team on paper, the Nuggets have a better team. I mean, it's, it's honestly Donovan Mitchell, but I think even greater person they need to stop is Jordan Clarkson because he's coming in from the bench dropping 20 plus every night. That's not going to, if Donovan Mitchell's dropping 40, you could squeak win. If if you got Clarkson coming off the bench dropping twenty or thirty, I, I don't see, I don't see them winning the series honestly.
0: I agree with that. Jordan Clarkson has to shoot two for ten. Like, yeah, literally. You know, he, he's just getting buckets. Six, six for twelve it's gonna. That's just mm-hmm. too, that's too much offense for them mm-hmm. match. So mm-hmm. your official play here is if any, your official play is boom. What?
1: My official play for tonight. You're saying? Yeah, for the demo. It Would be the Nuggets plus three for sure. I mean, I I've seen a lot of uh on Twitter a lot of sharp people uh not like actual twitters but reports from Vegas a lot of sharp people are on the Nuggets money line tonight and I mean anytime you're getting a money line at plus one twenty and a team that's down three one fighting for their lives I mean you saw how the Nuggets play last game they came up short but look at the free throw discrepancy it was like what thirty seven free throws to thirteen the Nuggets shot like five free throws in the second half I mean. Give the Nuggets five to ten more free throws in that game, they win game four. I mean, easily, in my opinion. I think I think the plus three tonight's the way to go. I mean, anytime, anytime I'm getting plus three with a team that's valid, I mean, it'd be different if it was, like, the Sixers or the Pacers, where, like, they looked dead in the water the whole series. I mean, they they didn't have a chance. Realistically, the Sixers, the Pacers didn't have a chance. They, they were missing two of their best players, both teams. So, I think, I mean, I think the plus three is the best side to go. I would even bet the ML. Personally, I did, but. Anytime you're getting three points with the team down 3-1, I think, in my opinion, I still think it's the better team. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's been playing amazing. But if – I mean, honestly, I think the determining factor is going to be how Jokic plays. Because to me, it seems like Jokic isn't playing his game. He's scared to go bare. He's not – you know what I mean? I think they're going to – they need to get Donovan Mitchell out of the game, obviously. But I think the greater factor in this game is going to be, can Jokic get buckets like he normally does? Because Jokic, he hasn't been playing like Jokic, in my opinion, this whole series.
0: I don't know if it's an effort thing or conditioning thing, but he Mm. definitely has not been playing to the level that you would expect out of him, even though he's been playing already in the bubble. But uh, Mm. I I think you're you're dead on on that one. I also am playing Denver plus three, and I'm on the money line as well.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think it's the only right side, in my opinion. I mean, they're down 3-1.
0: Moving on uh, to the the premier game of the night, the Mavericks and the Clippers – Clippers Mm -hmm. opened at a a six-and-a-half-point favorite. As I look at it right now, at 5.05 Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday, they are currently an eight-point favorite on this book because eventually, hopefully, we'll get a book to sponsor us, and that'll be the numbers that we use. Yep. We'll be like, we'll be on – Yeah, that'd
1: that'd be perfect. You know what I mean? So, we'll just use your
0: numbers. But uh, on Bovada, they're currently sitting at eight-point favorites. BJ, I know you were big on the Clippers. Mm -hmm. I I know you – Go ahead, man. Take it take it away.
1: I'll tell you what, I I regret not betting them last night because on, on the book I'm on right now, they were at six last night. And that was without the Porzingis news. But I mean, I originally thought Porzingis was gonna play, but after watching that TNT last night, Luca Lu, they were asking Luca, is he gonna play? And it kinda Luca kinda was giving like the signals like he's not gonna play, but he can't say it. You know what I mean? And anytime anytime you have right knee soreness, there's no way it's right knee soreness, let's be honest. I mean, if he's not playing in, a, in two straight playoff games that are, like, the biggest games of his life, arguably, not even arguably, for sure. To this point. It's something deeper. Yeah, it's something deeper than just the right knee. But, I mean, in this game, it's tricky because I feel like everyone, everyone's going to say Mavericks after Luka, or you could, even, you could even have points to say the Clippers. I mean, I would say at the, at, the current, at the current line it's at right now, I think, what you said, eight, eight and a half around that. That current line, I don't see value because last night you could have got it at six. Now you're waiting just for Porzingis news to hear eight. And, I mean, honestly, Porzingis probably brings it a lot, like up one to two points. But, like, to be honest, you've seen how that team plays without Porzingis. I mean, Luke is more than capable.
0: Yeah. It, it, he, I don't think that – I don't think – honestly, I don't think that Porzingis moves to spread two points. I think that, yeah, exactly. the fact that every single person that I've seen tip – this game has to be clippers favorite is what's moving oh, yeah. the spread
1: that's all i've seen is is clippers and it's definitely money but i would say i would say it's it's public money but it's also sharp money because not just public money is going to move it up it it's a mixture of it's a mixture of both but it's definitely not just Porzingis news i mean there's stats to say take the clippers 19 and 5 against the spread after a loss i just saw something this season i i'd have to look back at it but it's something like 4 and 0 oh, it's like 4 and 0 oh after straight up and against the spread after a double-digit loss this whole season. Something like that. It was something like that. But, I mean, I I think in this game, if you – it really depends on how the Mavs play. But if the Mavs play how they've been playing, I don't see why you couldn't in-game live bet the Mavs around – or I meant the Clippers if you like the Clippers around three to four points. You know what I mean? I can't see it not being Clippers minus three at one point. Or even vice versa. If the Clippers go up, you could easily – like you said last game, you got the Mavs at what, like 11.5 point, underdog, something like that? could easily see the same thing happening in this game this game it's gonna be more of an overreaction because if the Mavs get down early that that spread without Porzingis they're gonna overreact you know what I mean this if they get down early the spread could be like 15 16 around there you know what I mean if they're getting up big points so you could either take I mean for me in this game I would lean Clippers I mean I'll probably play a few baseball teams with the Clippers ML and a parlay but I just I don't think I could lay eight points you know what I mean Guess. I do think the Clippers win the game, but eight points is too much to me, especially when you could have got six last night.
0: So, uh, I'm with you on that one. I mm-hmm. I uh this game is a stay away from me because I told you I'm not spending many more money on Paul George.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't blame you on that, honestly.
0: I tried to tell great. you, but I tried to tell you. But- I'm
1: just waiting for him, man. I, I just I don't understand. It's like Paul George is you can say what you want about him, but he's too good of a player to keep playing this bad. I mean who knows, though? Who knows?
0: in his head.
1: Yeah, it is in his head. And, and I was hearing a lot of people talk about how his defense has been worse this year, too.
0: It has been.
1: And I mean, I can't, really, I can't really disagree with that. I mean, Lucas has been putting up 30, 15, and 15 like it's nothing.
0: That's, that's not going to get it done. So, moving on <laughs> to just from a purely betting perspective, is there anything that you like on tomorrow's game with the Bucks and the Magic? I think we both assume the Magic are going to win. There's not much. I mean, the, the Bucks are going to win, uh, and this series will be over with. But Milwaukee's right now a 14 point spread. Do you like anything there? Over under two two twenty six and a half. That's another thing I need to get that habit of. Is just throwing out the over under as well. Yeah,
1: the over under it, for me, it's like I rarely even play them, man. I I can't stand the stress of that. But as far as um as far as that game, I feel like it's it's another situation like the Clippers where it's you take. You're taking the Bucks, or you're not playing it. I mean, I can't see any reasoning. The Magic won game one. I feel like happens to a lot of teams game one. I mean, historically, a lot of teams have lost game one. Maybe not one seeds, but it's happened. I mean, they've lost game one, not expecting them to come out how they did. I mean, I don't think anyone expected the Magic to come out how they did in game one. So in my opinion, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those situations where you either take, I think the Bucs are what, 13 and a half, you said?
0: Yeah, they're 14 right now.
1: They've been, like, 13 and a half, 14 every game. And every game I've watched, it's game two, game three, and four have all been the Bucks up, I don't know, I want to say, like, 16, 17. Magic have the ball, could hit the three for the spread, could shoot the ball, cover the spread, but they dribble it out. Two games in a row, they dribbled it out. So, I mean, in my opinion, it's like and, – and, and, and I want to say – Game three or four, I want to say they were at like sitting at like minus five and a half for like the whole third quarter. I think it was game the last game, game four, I think it was. So I mean, every single one of these games besides game one has been the last second either Magic dribble out, Bucks dribble out. I think the Magic have dribbled out two times in a row. I mean, in my opinion, I'm not I don't want to have money on a game that's happening like that because it's just too stressful. And and in all those games, you could have got the line from pregame better in the game if you see what I'm saying. I mean. Right. It's just it's just one of those cases where it's like you bet the Bucks minus 13 and a half. Last, I did it the last game, game four, and I wasn't even watching. DiVincenzo misses a, a free throw to make it 16. So where if the Bucks or if the Magic would have went down and hit a three, it would have been 13. You would have still covered it or pushed it, depending on what you got the number. So what I'm saying? But it, every game, it's been a situation like that where the, it's coming down to the last second. Last second, Magic dribble it out. I mean, what if they don't dribble it out? and they shoot. That's two games they could have covered.
0: Right. And oh. when it's not I, – I agree with you on not betting. If there's no incentive to win, like, mm-hmm. you know, even though the Clippers are eight-point favorite, you know that Dallas is going to be trying to win.
1: Oh, yeah, and Dallas has looked amazing too, I mean.
0: Like, you know, I mean, like, you know Orlando is ready to go home. Dallas, yeah. they, they may lose by eight points tonight, but they're going to be fighting until the last second on the clock.
1: Oh, yeah. And Dallas is way more of a competitive team, too. I mean, the Clippers, the Clippers are, you could say they're better than the Bucks, but I mean, the Mavs are a competitive team. They have, you've seen their bench. I mean, I saw it was like Trey Burke and Steph Curry. Seth Curry have more points than Paul George can, like, something like that. It was some weird stat like that, but it's just like the Mavericks team's good, man. I mean, they could easily cover that. But like you said, the Magic, they're just, they, they don't want to be here anymore. I mean, so. I saw I saw last night on TNT though. uh, What's his Charles Barkley was like? I guarantee the Bucks win. So I mean, if you if you believe that he's jinxing stuff,
0: then Orlando's definitely. Maybe the players of Orlando plus fourteen. Yeah, literally. So, in the next series, this is one that me and you have been in lockstep on and cannot figure Mm -hmm. out why it's not going our way. But the Oklahoma City Thunder versus Houston Rockets, we've liked Mm -hmm. the Thunder every single game. Uh, Right now, opening up at Rockets minus three and a half, over under 225 and a half. I still like the Thunder.
1: Yeah, me too, me too.
0: And (laughs) – My part of the reason why is because I was, as I was sitting there during game four watching what felt like is all of it go away and wondering if I even had the ability to start something like this. Chris (laughs) Paul said, no, I refuse to let you down. And he dominated the third midway through the third quarter, start of the first fourth quarter in a way that you rarely see a guard under six feet or under six, five do. Mm -hmm. What do you like about the Thunder going into tomorrow? Because I already know that's who you're going to play.
1: Yep. I mean, I have a series bet on them, too, at plus 140. I think they're, like, plus 160 now, which doesn't make much sense because it's 2-2. And, I mean, the past two games, they've looked like the better team. I mean, the Rockets are the Rockets. I mean, everyone knows what they're going to do. They're shooting 40 to 53s a game. I mean, it. and the thing is, is I I was looking at – the box score is like last night, I want to say. And it's like the the Thunder have shot just about as high of a percentage as the Rockets have the whole time. It's just you look at the difference and they're shooting 20 more. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, I think really the determinant factor in this series has been Dort. I mean, ever since – I think he missed game one and two maybe, maybe just game one. But he's definitely missed a game. And, I mean, the game that he missed, they lost. And I want to say he's played three games or two and one in the games he played. I mean – he might not be shooting that good, and Harden still might be dropping thirty to forty a night, like he always does.
0: It's a different thirty and forty.
1: Yeah, it is. It's different. I mean,
0: Harden hasn't been. Dorten yeah, exactly. The number like it's been an ugly. It's been a mm-hmm. real. It's been an ugly twenty.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's not even that Dort's doing that good on him. It's just he's doing better than the average person would. And I mean without Russell Westbrook on that team I mean Russ is Russ you know what you're gonna get from Russ it's a different offense with Russ they run away different offense with Russ just feel like it's too much on Harden I mean and it's not even that it's too much on Harden it's too much on his teammates Harden's gonna get you open Harden's gonna get open Harden's gonna hit his threes Harden's gonna get his boards get his assists. you know what Harden brings to the table it's just are you gonna have Jeff Green dropping 28 two games in a row you know what I mean I don't think that happens. I really don't think that happens. It happened one or two games, I want to say, and they won both of the games. P.J. Tucker, I mean, it's, it's really about, is P.J. hitting his corner threes? Is Jeff Green hitting his corner threes? Is Covington hitting his threes? Covington's been playing good. I mean, he, he's been playing good.
0: One thing to that point, it's kind of been underreported, but P.J. Tucker has a, mm-hmm. hurt his neck. Hurt his neck? He hurt his neck. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I, I think it, I know what you're talking about. He heard it in game four, right?
0: Beginning <laughs> of the bubble, and mm-hmm. then he heard it again in game four. yeah, yeah. down yeah. for a while. He was mm-hmm. down for a while, and they've been massaging his neck yep. on his shooting shoulder. P.J. Tucker mm-hmm. is probably the best corner three-point shooter by by volume or by, oh, by yeah. whatever. For and sure. He, I think that he can't lift his right shoulder. I, he came back, and at the end of game four, had mm-hmm. like three or four corner threes that were wide open and he just bricked them. I think his shoulder is shot, and he's just one of the oh, tough yeah. guys in the NBA. But he's going to shoot that shot because that's, if you're out there, you got to shoot it.
1: Yeah, but, exactly. I mean, that's what Harden wants them to do. He's getting but, them open. Like this, you got to shoot. You got to be ready.
0: has been underreported, and it's one of the reasons why I think, like, I thought down the stretch that I, when it came – after I saw him come back in the game, I was like, okay, good for him because he was down for a while. And, you know, he hurt his shoulder and neck area. That's, you know, that's an area. Yeah, that's
1: serious, especially on your shooting side, too. I mean.
0: That thing is all up like this. And as soon as as yep. soon as I saw that, I was like, you know what, man? Because, you know, the other thing is, too, Steven Adams is not a banger in the post. But P.J. Tucker is one of the few people who would have been strong enough to bang with him.
1: Oh, yeah. He, P.J. Tucker, you could almost say he could guard anyone in the league, realistically. not Maybe not amazingly, but he's going to do it better than most people will in the league, I mean. And you could also say PJ Tucker without Russell Westbrook. You could say that's the second best player on the team. I mean, it's definitely the second most important player on that team, besides Harden. I mean, you take Tucker away. I don't see this I see this series being like a four one. You know what I mean? No Tucker or Harden. But I mean, it really it really just depends. I mean, I saw I saw uh I think before game four, Russell Westbrook was no timetable for return, right? So they're they really not rushing him back. And then after that loss last night, they said, oh, he's day-to-day now. So, I mean, I think that says all you need to know about what the Rockets, what Rockets are thinking. I mean, if they're rushing him back after being 2-2, and, I mean, both these past two games, Chris Paul has been taking over. They were down, what, 15 in the third quarter. The Rockets made eight straight threes. You lose a game like that, and instead of going up 3-1 in the series, you're now going 2-2, and you got to play extra games now. That, that's a big difference. I mean, losing a game where you shoot eight for eight coming out the third quarter at a halftime and take the lead like that. And the, and the, I mean, the Thunder, they didn't look worried at all. They were, they were still shooting the same jump shots. They weren't playing with no type of urgency. They were playing the same type of basketball they always play. I mean, and, and also, this is another thing I noticed. Late in the game, Stephen Adams got a foul. I don't know if he was in foul trouble or what, but they took him out and they started playing the same small ball lineup that the Rockets were doing.
0: I think that Oklahoma City... The thing that Oklahoma City does that Houston was not ready for, they can quasi-do the small ball lineup.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just not, as good as the Rockets. And it's it's very,
0: just, just as good. Now that they got Dort, especially if mm-hmm. P.J. Tucker's shoulder, if P.J. Tucker is no longer the, you know, the best corner three-point shooter in the NBA, mm-hmm. Dort is obviously probably one of the worst three-point shooters in the yeah.
1: NBA. Oh, yeah. He looked better last game, though. I'm not going to lie. A he, little bit better. He
0: did, but I, I, I even tweeted it. I was like, Dort, maybe one hard dribble to the rim and pull up. Like, yep. just, just challenge the defense, make them adjust to you, and then, and then give it up.
1: I think, I think it's, he's having, like, the Paul George thing. It's in his head. He, he knows he, he, it's all in his head. His offensive game, I mean, his defensive game, you see it. It's not in his head at all. His offensive game's in his head. I mean, it, I've, seen, I've seen him do exactly what you said. He did it, and then he got a charge. I mean, I think he's just a little nervous with the ball on the offensive end. But, I mean, it's, it's telling you something if he's still in the game in the last 30 seconds, you know?
0: No, and he's he's a guy that he seemed like in the last in the last couple of minutes of that game, he did not make any losing plays.
1: Oh yeah, not at all. I mean,
0: like like I just just for like when Paul George down the end of down down the stretch in the last game uh, during oh, overtime yeah. that one on four layup that's a losing play. Oh, I know, I know that that, that offensive yep. possession that he had where you just kind of lost after Kawhi set the screen shot the three that's a losing play. It's not the reason they lost. But you keep making plays like that, you're going to lose the game. Yeah. You, you know, more games and you won't. Dort's not making losing plays down the stretch. And because mm-hmm. of that, even though he's so offensively limited, they can keep him out there to guard hard.
1: Exactly. And with that small ball lineup, they match up perfectly with them. honestly. And like you said, if Tucker's not 100%, this series completely favor. I mean, It completely favors the Thunder. The Thunder have just as good of a team. And you got to think in the back of CP3 is mine. That's the team that traded me last year. That's the team that didn't want me.
0: That's the team that traded me. And I I think it's – again, like I – remember I think I told you the other day, I'm learning about bet basketball. You got to – sometimes you're betting players, not games. Yeah, exactly. It happens a lot. And Chris Paul – I mean, I think that everybody – the bubble provides this weird opportunity to get a championship that's a little different. And Chris, what's the biggest knock on Chris Paul? He's never made it past the second round. Yeah. Right. Or like, yeah, this is, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous. This is the perfect opportunity for him to do that. And I feel like when he was sitting there at halftime and came out and saw that barrage of threes, he would have to tell me out of his mouth that that was not what he was thinking as he took that game over.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Because he re- he was, it was just one of those instances in a basketball game that you see where a player will will his team to win.
1: And he but, literally did that. He literally did just that, too. It's crazy. Yeah,
0: you know, and you saw, like, in a guy, another guy who's prone to do it from time to time, wasn't able to do it last night. It would have been a remarkable feat if he had been able to do so, seeing as they were down 20 points at the start of the game. But Damian Lillard, according to Chris Haynes, I'm breaking news to you right now, uh, will not be participating in the rest of the bubble. So for Portland, it is likely the rest of the bubble will be exactly 48 minutes long as they open tomorrow at the Lakers. Lakers, 13 and a half point favorites over under 221 and a half, 13 and a half points. Do you think that the Lillardless Trail trailblazers are going to be able to cover 13 and a half points and will likely be their last game of the season?
1: I mean, my my opinion on this game is pretty much the same as the bucks magic. I mean, it's one team that's up 3-1 and one team that wants to go home. I mean, the Blazers, everyone's been talking about, they played eight straight games to get to the playoffs. Eight straight playoff games to get to the playoffs just to go ahead and play the best team in the league, you could say. I mean. Yeah. It, it's, it's one of those cases, I mean, Dame's gone now. I mean, even with Dame, I, I don't see them covering. Even with Dame after last game, if Dame played and the spread was 13 and a half, I still don't see them covering the 13. I mean, it it's it's hard to say what their motivation is going to be, but after losing Dame and then they were down, what, 29 going into half, they lost by 20 points. Yeah. It, it's hard to see. I mean, I just don't think this team – my question is, though, is this, is is the Lakers, I feel like they're going to probably be big up big at halftime again, just like last game. They're probably going to be big up at halftime. It's just, are they going to sit LeBron and AD? Because if I'm the Lakers coach, I'm sitting Braun and AD at halftime. I mean, I think even without Bron and AD, they could still beat this Blazers team.
0: So is this a game where you potentially would consider a first-quarter bet or a first-half bet? Because I agree with that logic in that they're going to – Get out to a head start so that, I mean, that way you can get guys in the game like Rondo.
1: It's hard to say. I mean, for me, I, I personally hate betting first quarter, honestly. I just feel like it's too small. It's too small of like – it's just the variance in it is just too – it's just too off and on for me. I mean, I could see a first-half bet being good for sure. It's just – I feel like this is the type of game it's just better just to lay off. I don't really see much value in either side. I mean, the first-half spread will probably be like seven-and-a-half for the Lakers. But, my question is, I mean, you saw a d didn't even play. You saw he didn't even play the whole second half. My question is, dude, does he even play the whole game? So I'm saying, I mean, if he doesn't play the whole game, you'd think the spread will go down. But I feel like this is one of those games where you just gotta watch it and just just let it happen. If you see if the Lakers get down somehow, which I doubt it'll happen, the Lakers get down early, maybe you could find another spot live. like the same thing with the bucks. I feel like this series is the same exact thing as the Bucs and the magic. I mean. Not the same, but it's kind of the way this last game will be is pretty much the same way that last game is going to be. Both of these two last games are going to be played out the same way. I feel like it's going to be the Bucs easily beating the Magic and the Lakers easily beating the Blazers. I mean, you could say, why not bet the spread on both of those games? But I just feel like it's too high of a number, and those numbers always come down to that. Like I was saying in the Bucs game, they always come down to the last shot. I mean, if the Blazers play the way they did last night, I would say hammer the Lakers line. I mean... It, it seems almost too easy at 13. It's just, like I said, does Bron and AD sit the whole second half, and then does it get close towards the end of the game? You know what I mean? And then, You, you know, never know.
0: One thing that I feel like people forget oftentimes that I'm reminded of constantly is these guys are professionals. Mm-hmm. They went out and they got their heads kicked in by 30 last game, and this is going to be the last game of the season. Oh, I yeah. see them challenging, and I, this could easily be a game where they're going and gunning with – at you know, you cover you got Lakers 13 and a half, Portland's mm-hmm. down 15, and Anthony Simons whips it to Wayman Gabriel in the corner for three. Yeah, literally with two seconds left, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're sitting at home, and everybody's wondering why you're so upset the Lakers are going to the second round.
1: Oh, yeah, it's it. I could definitely see that happening, and and like I said, I mean, it that, that like, like you were just saying right there, I mean, the Blazers are still. Melo, you know Melo's not going to just give up. You know what I mean? Obviously, their team gave up. But Melo's still going to be out there trying. And, I mean, if they're down big in the fourth quarter, I could still see the Blazers having their guys out, whereas the Lakers aren't going to have any of their starters out. Maybe Kuzma to get him reps and stuff. But the thing is about this Lakers team that scares me is if they take out LeBron in AD, that team is still valid of, of winning by 20-plus. I mean, you seen Kuzma last night. He was hitting every three he shot. And you got to think about Frank Vogel's thinking in the back of his head. We won this series, but I still need to get Kuzma, Caruso, Deion Waiters, all these guys' reps. You know what I mean? They need the reps to go because they've been – I mean, they've been, they've been playing better this series, but until this series, people were like, is this really the Lakers team we thought, you know? I mean, so you could easily see towards the end of the game them guys getting in shape for the next round because – they're either going to play Houston or OKC, and that's going to be a way tougher matchup than the Blazers, you'd think.
0: Well, that uh, that wrap up the first episode of Sports Investors with BJ and Martin. We'll have some baseball on here coming up in the future, but right now there's so much NBA that you know we want to get this out quick. We'll have some baseball coming up, especially what BJ likes and how he picks it, because honestly, I'll be learning along with the rest of everybody else. So appreciate it. Like, subscribe, and leave us a great comment five-star review and uh, follow me on Twitter at Martin Weiss and BJ at BJ covers.